What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. This is our first time ever recording in the morning. And dare I say, I kind of like it. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> the coffee is fresh. Like, we have just came out of a meal the kids are not screaming. They're sleeping. Like there's a lot of positives to this morning recording sesh. My child was screaming pretty much the entire time. However, didn't hear it. Couldn't didn't hear, hear it. it. I heard it, but that's okay. I heard him. Yeah. I heard him twice bang on the, the door of my office, which thank God I have a door now saying, mommy, hi. Then <laughs> the babysitter swooped him right up. When did you guys but, put a door in? You haven't always had a door, right? No, we put up a wall and a door, which was, it's honestly been life changing because I do not think I could have survived the working with a toddler without the door. So I was going to say, we you. put a door in before <laughs> Sienna was born on the office and I can't even imagine trying to work without one. It just bangs on it now. It's hilarious. But wait, so you were talking about how like your morning's been calm so far. And I said before we hit record here that I've already had my what the actual fork moment of the day. So I'm just going to tell you what mine is and then you can tell me yours. Okay. I'm excited. Um, so this morning, my, my day, you know, started out great. And this is kind of gross. It has nothing to do with nutrition, guys. So I'm just like putting it out there that this is what being a mom in the morning is of a toddler. So I woke up at 430 because that was my only chance to go to the gym at five. I took a five o'clock class. So by I'm just painting the picture for you that by 6am, you know, I'm home, I'm gonna hop in the shower, I hear him, he's awake. So I know that the morning might be like a little bit rocky, don't know how rocky it's going to be. So my husband's not home. I then, you know, try and shower as quick as possible, get myself ready to go in, get him up for the day. Wakes up with like a gigantic poop. And I'm like, you know what? This is fine. We're getting the poop out of the way, out of the way already. Like all is well. The kid, I don't, I hope he's okay. Proceeds to then go to the bathroom again. Once we go downstairs and I have his breakfast in front of him and I'm wearing a white sweater. As you can see now, I'm wearing a black sweater and he must have gone to the bathroom again, stuck his hands down his pants smeared poo everywhere, comes up to me, didn't know it, smears it all over me. And I still don't know it. And I'm like, Noah, what is that smell? And I like look down and there is literal shit all over me and him. And he's wearing his favorite Spider-Man pajamas that I then need to take off of him. And it was literally like, I told him, 
I don't know, the worst thing in the entire world. Like the amount of screaming that came out of this small little body. So long story short, like we recover, we're going. And I'm like, you know, we need to get some fresh air and reset for the day. And I start, I have my mom's dog with me too. So I have two dogs and Noah and Matt pulls up. He's all happy. He's like coming home from the gym. And I was like, do not talk to us. We need fresh air, right? Like walked away. Two dogs, baby. Noah brought all of his things with him outside. It's freezing too. And he's like, mommy, my hands are cold. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But anyways, then it led us right into this recording. So by 9 a.m., I've already done laundry and we've already finished recording a podcast. <laughs> You're super mom. I hope you know that. Once you have shit smeared all over you, that just, I think, well, before that you were super mom, but holy, oh. holy shit, literally <laughs> pun intended on that one. I literally was like, wow. Like if this is the day, you know, it's only going up from here. Like it, it, it can't, it, can it literally can't get worse. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But anyways, how about you? Well, it's day day four of daycare, and last (laughs) night, all through the night on the monitor, all we hear is, (laughs) and then this morning, she's just, like, straight up, like, so in the mornings, we're still breastfeeding, like, she, you could easily confuse Sienna for Biggs. She's, like, (laughs) like, just, like, can't breathe, like, snorting, no fever. So still sent her because I'm like, well, you got this shit from daycare. And it makes sense, like, why they all get sick. Because unless they have a fever, people are still sending their kids. That's, I literally had this conversation with somebody this morning. Yes. So it's probably RSV, I would assume at this point with how the world is. But we had all lick the same thing. Yes. And all she does is put her hands in her mouth. Right. And they're just touching all over each other. Right. We knew this was going to happen, but it's right. like funny. It's a rite of passage. It's day four. <laughs> um, and, you know, I didn't want to tell you this, but day one, Noah got a double ear infection. <laughs> I mean, well, we had COVID last week, you know, right. so it's like, that made me feel a little at peace. And I'm like, all right, you already rocked your first virus. You're feeling good. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. you, kn- you knew it was going to happen. So, but I'm sorry. If, oh, I mean, she's, she's good right now. They sent a picture of her sleeping already, like through the thing. I'm like, okay. Like. But we'll see. So we already did the snot sucker this morning at with saline. I hope with saline. This time. <laughs> Got a big ass boogie out of there, so that was exciting. Um, so snot and diarrhea are our mornings right now. Perf. Yes, great. Um, I guess I'll, I'll take it. I'll to lead it into a what the actual fork moment with diet culture. It's not a big one, just a little one, but I feel like so many people can relate. Um, got my nails done like for the first time, pretty much since I've been postpartum and you know, the nail salon, I know you shared many TikToks on the nail salon. You just hear things, everything, you just hear it. So I had my, I don't know how to not say things in the nail salon. (laughs) Correct. So I had my head down the whole time. I was deep into my Kindle. Um, I'm just on a Colleen Hoover rampage right now. So I already finished the sequels of, I already started um, so now I'm on November 9. Have you read okay. that or November no. 9th? It's so good. Um, okay. I'm almost done. But it ends with us. It starts with us. Fabulous. Love it. I know you're still, are you still reading those right I now? I just, I am waiting for it starts with us to arrive today, actually. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, So good. So good. I actually, my book club is discussing next week. So anyways, <laughs> um, the ladies on my street were in a book club. So fun, fun times. But Nail salon. Let's bring it back. I I just hear out of like the corner of my ear as I'm reading, 
um, saying like, well, it's just such a waste of calories. Like, I'm not going to waste my calories on that. And I don't even know what she's talking about. I don't even know. But I just start giggling. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, whatever she's talking about. Like, if you do want it, it's not a waste of calories. Like, calories are energy and we're allowed to enjoy food. But I, like, forget. I just don't leave my house a lot. And I'm like, this is why I don't leave my house. Like, it's just it's everywhere. But there was literally, I should have actually led with this, the New York Post t- post this morning, like on Instagram, um, was how heroin chic, their words, not mine, is coming back. It's like the look of the 90s when like everybody looked like they were on drugs because they Oh, were I'm like, what does so that mean? Sand. I was waiting right. for you to explain. I'm like, sorry. Wait, it's like, are, the should Kate- we all do heroin now? Is like, that what you're it's saying? The, the Kate Moss era of like, that was like my childhood. So I'm aging myself right now, but like early mid 90s, like the supermodels all looked the same way, right? And they named that heroin chic back then. Um, and the post put out this terrible article this morning and I, whatever. Anyways, it was a terrible article with the Kardashians, of course, on the front. And it's basically said like, you know, booties are out, heroin chic is back. And it's like, how do we not realize how damaging not only this language is, but this discussion and this topic, like what message is that sending? And when we go into this episode, that was so amazing today. Like we talk so much about intention. What is the intention of this, this writer with sharing that article? Like, who is it helping? Like, well, again, I, I, can't... I think it, it just shines light on how disordered people are. Right. I mean, it, and the same thing with the woman at the nail salon, like you go through, I go through all the emotions of feeling pissed, being annoyed, but then it always comes back to empathy of like, if someone's going to say that it just speaks volumes to their relationship with food, their relationship with their body. And it's just like, it's just, it comes back to being angry at diet culture, I think. Right. Like not being angry at the people. Although like when you have a platform like that with a post, like, yeah, come on, but it's just, it's everywhere. It's so crazy. But on a much more positive and beautiful note, I yes. mean, today's episode was just the ultimate of inspiration. Um, our guest, shall I introduce her? Yes, please do. <laughs> our guest, Miss Brittany Lancaster, who is, as Sam describes her in this episode, a TikTok celebrity, truly. Um, she is just the most positive ray of shining light and has been sharing her journey on TikTok for three years and her journey has evolved beautifully. And I'm going to read her bio quickly and then we'll chat just a little bit more about what we talked about today. But Brittany Lancaster is a body confidence and self-love influencer who gained a following through viral TikTok videos about her eating disorder recovery. Her entire brand revolves around her motto that balance is key. She promotes body confidence, eating disorder recovery, positive mindsets, and healthy body image. Brittany is best known for her what I eat in a day video, but caveat, they're very different than what you might think, um, that make, that she makes sure to count, that she makes to counteract diet culture. She hopes to inspire and help people love, embrace, and nourish their bodies. And her journey has taken on a new leg to it, to, for lack of a better term. And she really is also talking a lot about joyful move- movement on her page these days too. And she is, her story is amazing. What she shares today is so powerful and I couldn't be more excited. Yes. And between her TikTok and Instagram, she's reaching over 1 million amazing humans, which is just so cool to see. And um, 
I just, Brittany's one of those people that as soon as she popped on, you know, we were like, oh, it's Brittany. Like we know Brittany. And it's like, no, actually we don't know Brittany. We, <laughs> but that's just, she makes you feel like that when you're engaging with her content that you know her and she includes you in everything. And like you said, we use the word intention like 500 times on today's episode. Um, but she truly has just like the purest of intentions with sharing her content. And I love that she brings up like, she's not a medical professional, but you don't need to be a medical professional to profoundly impact people's relationship with food and body. And I think that's what's so cool about a lot of these amazing TikTokers like Brittany is that they are changing people's relationship with food, changing people's relationship with their body just by simply sharing their story. Like their life. She's yeah. such a yeah, she's such a positive influence on so many like she is an influencer but in the best of ways and I think this is such this is just like given me a breath of fresh air of like the positive things social media can do um because you know that she's helped just so many people it's so funny that you brought up her Instagram which I'm now looking at because I'm like she's on TikTok like I forgot that people like she's on both and I have to follow her on here Um, but looking at her page here like you're so right and I think we shared this a little bit in a previous episode like sometimes people don't want to hear these things from a health professional and so when you can find somebody who shares the message that a health professional would share in their own voice as the person in recovery like it's very rare and it's honestly more, dare I say, more influential than, you know, somebody that has the education, like the schooling to share the information, right? Like if you or I were to share that, like it wouldn't have the same impact as the way that she is sharing it so authentically and so like in real time, right? And I think that again, like there are people out there who are sharing their story in a less positive way. And is also, and are still influencing a lot of people. But the way that Brittany shares it is so impactful, so powerful, so well done. Um, that she could truly, she is saving people's lives. Yeah. And she, like she says, like she goes to therapy. She's gone through recovery with medical professionals. So she's just sharing her experiences and, and her journey and, and the recovery journey, you know, in full which we're, we're so thankful for. And she's a What the Actual Fork podcast fan. I mean, come on. That touched my heart. <laughs> Same. That was so sweet. And so I don't want to say anymore because it's no. just it's such a good episode. So let's I feel like I've it. already alienated people with the poo story off the back. So <laughs> let's just get into it. We don't want to, we don't want to <laughs> sprinkle any more shit on Brittany's episode because it's so freaking good. So let's get into it with Brittany. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Today, we have TikTok celebrity Brittany Lancaster here. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so stoked. So, And I I think think we have to also say in (laughs) our intro that it's 6 a.m. for Brittany recording right now. So we are so appreciative of your time. It's like a morning talk show right now. So yeah. So excited. Sorry if um, half my answers are, I'm very, very excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, we're going to dig right in and start before we hear your story and and hear all about how your TikTok came to be. We want to ask you our intro question. 
what the actual fork moment that has come up for you recently. So what have you seen on TikTok? What happened to you in real life? What's something you've seen on TV? Something someone said to you that just stopped you in your tracks and said like, what the actual fork is going on right now? Yeah, I think um, I actually, yesterday I um, went to the grocery store and um, my boyfriend currently has COVID. So I was grocery shopping for him and dropping off some groceries. And one of our favorite foods is bagels. And I went to go pick up some bagels in the aisle. And I just completely forgot that like the bagel fins were like a thing. And it kind of just like brought me back to years and years ago of like, you know, categorizing certain foods as good or bad and trying to like lessen carbohydrates and all of that stuff. And like, I was like, wow, okay, like, growth, you know, <laughs> like, I, you forgot these even existed, you know, so that was definitely like a stop me in my tracks. I forgot that people or like companies tried to even restrict the amount of, you know, just have a bagel, you know, so it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, I, that's wild that I forgot these existed. And I used to like live off of them. So it's- isn't it cool how on a food freedom or recovery journey in general, like these wins pop up when we least expect them. Like when you're on, if you're on a different path, like there's certain things that you look for, right? For like your wins along the way, quote unquote, heavy air quotes, but like in food freedom world, they come up in like everyday life so often and they like take the wind out of like the, take the breath out of your body for a second. It's like, wow, like I've come so far and I love that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was definitely a little, it was just a little win. And it kind of just made my night. I was like driving. I was like, wow, like, that's pretty cool. You know, so. I love that story you told too, because a lot of times people will take it as like something negative that stopped them, right? Like a TikTok they saw telling them to eat like a brain or something. (laughs) And it's like, why the hell are we seeing all these carnivore videos lately? But that was a perfect example of a moment that may in the past have triggered you. But now it's like, oh, no, like, I enjoy real bagels and they're freaking delicious. So thank you for sharing that with us. And we want to just hear all things Brittany. We have so many questions today. So let's we'll dig in first. You can take 30 seconds or 30 minutes to answer this question. How did your TikTok come to be? What drove you? to start posting? Did you always know you wanted to be this, this TikTok extraordinaire? How did it it all come about? Uh So TikTok was um, the most unexpected thing that has truly ever happened to me. And I like truly do mean that. Um, I started TikTok my senior year of college. um, And now I'm 25. Um, So I was 22 when I started TikTok. And um, I downloaded the app when, you know, kind of the it was a dance app at the time like that's how I downloaded TikTok as and um my senior year of college I had my winter I was in a sorority so we had like our winter formal and my winter formal landed on the same day of me being three and a half years into eating disorder recovery and so at the time there was this sound um like this announcer sound with the Dougie also combined that you would like walk out and like do the Dougie. And so I did that. And I put a little text bubble that just said like, today marks three and a half years of eating disorder recovery. And it went viral. And um, 
it was the first time in my life that anything had ever gone viral. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. That's something that I'm so passionate about. And I didn't even really know others would care about, to be honest with you. Like, I was like, I didn't know that other people would care about my eating disorder recovery um, would be something that touched people. So um, then I started posting what eat in a days. And that's when the following really started. Like they just kind of blew up. And I think um, I know that what eat in a days are pretty controversial on TikTok now. But I think at the time, it was definitely something that people I think had just never seen a what eat in a day like mine. And they had always seen what eat in a days that made them feel bad about themselves or seemed super restrictive or seemed super unrealistic or just like, how do you enjoy food? You know, like, um, and mine were very different from that because I'm an intuitive eater. And so started posting what eat in a days and that's when the following really grew. And now I've been doing it for, uh, three years now I've been doing TikTok and, um, I've been in recovery for, over six years. So it's just been the craziest, most beautiful journey. Um, and there's been, you know, a lot of different chapters of it. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. It's amazing. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I think the app was called Musically at one point. Was that when you downloaded it? I was like, right after that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe I think Jenna, I was maybe like right after it also changed. But it was so close to that point. Right, Because everybody was dancing. And I remember that Dougie song, like, it brings yeah. me back to those days too, early COVID. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. And it brings up one of the questions that I had, and you've shared this so beautifully in so many different videos on your page. You talk about the, this phase of recovery, and I'm using air quotes because I think that can mean something different to everybody in recovery. Um, but when you talk about this current phase of recovery you're in, can you share a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, I think um, right now, I just feel like a lot of peace and recovery. That's like the best way that I can explain it. I think a lot of times when people first start recovery, I get this question all the time of like, how do you start? Like, why isn't why isn't this okay yet? Like, why don't I feel comfortable with food yet? And like, you know, why can't I? Why isn't it safe for me to start introducing movement back into my life? Like things like that, you know, and it sounds super sappy, but I really feel like, of course, you need eating disorder recovery tools, but also like time heals so much. And I often think about like, all the damage that I did to my body, like, of course, it's going to take years and years to heal all of the damage that that it went through, you know, and even like, it took probably a good two years for my hair to come back, you know, like, you're, it takes a long time to heal your body. And um, so that's kind of how I would explain, you know, I've been in recovery for over six years now. And I just feel a lot of peace in my life. You know, I feel a lot of peace with food, I feel a lot of peace with um, socializing, you know, like I have, I have so much fun. I remember going out to eat used to be such a big fear of mine and, and having like, you know, going to happy hours and different things like that. And I just feel so at peace with those things. Also, um, you know, I've been able to start introducing movement back into my body, just like different things like that, where I would, I would explain this phase of my life and of recovery of just like very peaceful. So, yeah. That's such an amazing word peace, right? Like that's what we're all looking for. And when we think about dieting and restricting and how it's like the complete opposite of peace, it's just total chaos and in, in our brains. Um, so 
on that note, I know you've, you've been on the app for three years. And so people have seen you for three years, right? And you just posted not too long ago, a video that I was so grateful that you were, you were addressing this. And I can only imagine how hard it is when you're in a spotlight, right? Where you're talking to a video and people are, or a camera and people are seeing your body, obviously through recovery, bodies change, bodies are meant to change and bodies are going to change. Our bodies will continue to change throughout our entire life. Um, But you talk about this phase of recovery, how you've, I'm going to use air quotes, like growing into a smaller body and how I'm sure there were times on your recovery journey that you were in a larger body that you're in now. And that was also beneficial for recovery. So if you don't mind, just in case whoever's listening to this hasn't seen that video, how you kind of addressed your body changing throughout recovery and how that was an unintentional weight loss and just really what was going on um, throughout your recovery with your body changing? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I kind of felt like I had peace with, I felt like I had not necessarily locked down, um, recovery with food, but I felt like I was at a really good place with it at the beginning of this year. But the one thing I wasn't at a good place with was my mental health. Like I feel like, um, just, yeah, just like I just was feeling very sad. And um, I remember in January, I was like listening to podcasts on podcasts on podcasts every single day, because I just felt like I needed like, inspiration for life almost like, I was just in a weird, weird um, slump and uh, almost rut with my mental health, I felt like and so I started going to um, therapy. And it was super helpful. Like I felt like I was able to get a better grip on maybe what I was going through. Like, for example, I feel like therapy was able to teach me a lot of things about myself. Like, for example, um, I was feeling very overwhelmed as well in January. And my therapist was like, have you ever considered that you are an introvert yet you're nine to five in marketing and you talking to like hundreds of thousands of people on TikTok with your, with your passion, you know, job, those both require you to be extremely extroverted. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about that. Maybe that's why I feel like constantly burnt out and tired and like my social battery isn't fueled, you know? So just certain things like that, I think therapy was so helpful for it, but I still felt like, I don't know. I just still felt like I could be happier and more, uh, at peace with things. And so I started incorporating movement back into my body and into my life. And I did it very, very slowly. Like running has always been a passion of mine. Um, I started running my junior year of college. Well, I guess it always hasn't been, but since junior year of college, it's been a passion of mine. And it started because uh, I really felt like I wanted to do something I wanted to do a type of movement that I just, it had nothing to do with my body and everything to do with my soul. And so I ran my first half marathon my junior year of college. And it was like a self-love like chapter of my life type thing where I was like, I'm going to run this and I'm going to listen to my body and all of this stuff. And it was just like a awesome, like you did that moment. And so that's what I started getting back into in um, February and then um, have kind of just also tapped into some other different types of movements that I've really learned to love. Like I really love um, weights now and different like hip movements and, and things like that. And so 
it's just, it's really become a hobby of mine, to be completely honest. Like, it's become something that I look forward to every day. I usually try to move my body, like, before my um, job in the mornings, like, during the week, because I really feel like it lessens my stress. Like, I feel like when I get home and I open my computer, I'm like, whatever today brings me, I've already, I've already taken care of myself and done something for myself. Um, and so... Because of that, my body has changed. And the most wild part is I didn't even notice that my body was changing. I started asking myself, like, is my body changing? Because TikTok comments started coming in um, on my videos. And of course, that's just the nature of the app. Like, you're going to get so many different feedbacks and point of views. And there's a obvious, obviously, like, beautiful side of that. But um, yeah, it was kind of just getting to the point where I felt like, okay, I should... I should talk about this. And it was a little hard to figure out um, how to talk about it without triggering people. I think that was my biggest concern was like, how do I make this video without triggering people? Because so much of my community either is in recovery or has struggled with body image or, you know, food and exercise is, or movement is not easy for them, you know? So that was my biggest concern is I just really care about people and I didn't want it to come off as like, uh, what's the correct word as like, um, just as it seemed like I didn't care, you know, like it was like blind side, like that. I didn't want it to seem like, Oh, I'm just in this tunnel. Like I see you and I hear you and I'm trying to be respectful of everyone, you know? So while also sharing my truth. So, which is incredible. And I think the way that you phrase it, I've, I've actually never heard anybody else say before, like growing into a smaller body. And I was in your comment section this morning on that video and somebody brought up, I think it might've been pinned to the top that, you know, thank you for saying it this way versus saying like, losing weight or thinner or using those trigger words. So it's very clear how much you care about people <laughs> with every intentional choice of words that you use. But Sam actually just wrote this on our sheet and it was took the words right out of my mouth. You know, it's so beautiful to hear you talk about how truly the intention behind your choice to move has changed. And I always, you and I have kind of a similar background with movement, let's say, and, you know, movement is a passion of mine. But my intention in the past for moving my body was so different than it was today. And I describe it now when I speak to people as like, it's fun, like it's community, like it's something that I look forward to. However, I really do understand that that's not how it might be for other people. So is it that you have just a whole other mindset about like the miles that you're running or putting on those sneakers? Does it feel differently to you? Yeah, yeah, it really does. I, I also I completely agree with the community aspect of it. Like, you could not pay me enough money to just like go into the gym and do like a gym session. I know there's like 1000s of people who love that, that you could not pay me enough money to do that. I have no interest in doing that. That's not what my body enjoys. Like the um, if when I if I don't run and I go to like, you know, one of those more uh, weight focused, uh, not like weight. I'm talking about like, you know, lifting weights type thing. <laughs> um, there's like around 10 people in the class and I've gotten to know all of these people so well because the same people often come and it's so fun to be like, Oh, Hey you. Oh, Hey, what's going on? Like, how's this going? You know? And so I feel like it's another level of community, just like you were saying. And 
it's so fun. Like everyone's like, you got this, you know, like you're doing amazing. And it's the most like, um, just elevating feeling. You don't think you can feel that elevated at 6am, but people make it happen. That's why I think that's why COVID was so hard for so many people because we didn't have that socialization. We didn't have that community. Like, you know, like just having that love with another human or appreciation is so important for like our soul and our body and our well-being. And so, yeah, or even within running, you could not pay me enough money to jump on a treadmill. I have no interest or an indoor track. Please, I can't like that will never happen. (laughs) I love running because um, I get outside. I get fresh air. I get to see the world. You know, I think that's why I love half marathon so much because like I'm able to see a new city in a different way and just everyone's so happy. And so I don't know, it just, it's a, it's a really awesome community aspect. I think that's what, what pushes me and why I enjoy it so much. Um, and I also feel like even just another element I was thinking of, I know this was like a previous question, but when we were talking about all the different peace aspects, I also feel like I've never felt more at peace with just like, my my face like and my body image and I feel like when I was younger I used to always look in the mirror and be like ah, that you know like look at my face and be like oh like you're cute or this could be better or you know you're all right whatever and I'm just like okay we're great you know like we're doing this you you have this face you have this body and you're just gonna rock it and feel good about yourself um and so there's been so many different like pieces I feel like recovery is kind of like an onion like you have to peel back one layer at a time and you can't peel back the next layer until you're ready to peel that back so thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and I think everything that you put out there on TikTok it's so evident that you are speaking your truth and that you're coming from the purest of intentions of just wanting to share your story in hopes that it will help others and that is so helpful to people in recovery. Like, and I'm sure you know that by reading your, you know, your comment section and 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 all of the feedback that you get. And so not only has the intention behind your movement changed, but even when we open this episode, you know, your what I eat in the day videos, the intention of you normalizing eating a bagel versus a bagel thin, right? Like that is so helpful to people versus the what I eat in a day videos that we see that are like, here's how you can eat less than X calories per day. And like, absolutely not. Um, yeah. So your intention behind everything that you put out there is just so pure and so amazing. And that shines through. So I just have a question that is not on our sheet that Jenna and I prep. So Jenna's gonna be like, what? Um, but I thought about it as you just said, how you feel like, you know, your relationship with your image and your body and all of these things have changed. And I feel like, you know, Jenna and I are are in our thirties and I feel like this like older sister mentality towards you. Cause I feel like I've watched you grow up on TikTok and you have a boyfriend now and you guys look so freaking happy. And I remember watching your TikToks when you'd be like, I have a date tonight or like, you know, <laughs> going through those transitions and Something that, again, when we look at intuitive eating, it's not just eating, right? It's like intuitive living and it does affect all these other areas of our life. So how has it been 
going into dating and now finding a boyfriend that you are so clearly like happy with and you're yourself now, right? And you're confident in who you are. Like how has intuitive eating, how has it impacted your dating and, and your relationship with your, your boyfriend? Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, he's amazing. It's been awesome to like find love in such a beautiful, like pure form. And also I've been, this is like my first serious relationship and I'm 25 and I feel like more people need to hear that. I think like so many people think they're alone if they haven't had like a serious boyfriend in their early or mid twenties or late twenties or whatever. And it's like, I really do feel like, um, things are meant to be when they're meant to be, you know? And so it's like, just be patient. And also I'm very happy. I feel like I really, um, I kind of always had this gut feeling that like the right person would come into my life when it was meant to. And so for the time being, like just really dive and invest in yourself. And I'm so happy I did that because, you know, it's not worth just like spending time just waiting, (laughs) like live your life. But within a relationship, I really do feel like, um, it's been so fun to figure out how to like walk recovery within a relationship as well. Like you were saying, because I'll give you a great example. The other weekend we had two house parties to go to and we went to both of these house parties and they had, you know, some really beautiful appetizers and different little snacky things. But after the parties, I still felt like, Oh my goodness, I'm hungry. Like I'm, I'm almost like hangry right now because all I've had is, uh, you know, I've been kind of picking at different foods and trying to conversate with people and having a couple 21 plus beverages, you know, and I was like, I need food. So, um, we went home and I was like, I, I need, we need to like order food because, well, I need to order food, whether you would like any, that's, that's on you. (laughs) But, um, yeah, he had, he ended up ordering. We got Porque No. It's my favorite Mexican restaurant in Portland. If you're ever in Portland, please get it. But um, that was like a beautiful thing of I vocalized like, okay, I'm still not satisfied. I, I know that my body needs more nourishment. And so like, even though we're together, like I'm going to order food. If you feel like you're good, that's good too. You listen to your body. I'll listen to my body. And he ended up being hungry as well. So we both got dinner. But it was just something where... Um, I feel like had I had it been like six years ago, maybe I wouldn't have realized like I was still hungry and my body still needed more nourishment for the, for the evening, you know? So, um, yeah, but it's just, I think for me, I I have felt super comfortable vocalizing anything that I feel like I need support in or just even TikTok in general, you know, like just figuring out how to walk that line is it takes every day, but it's, it's been great so far. So, yeah. Sorry. It is so clear that you have so many tools in your recovery toolbox, which is something I just want to like bring light to, because I do often hear from people that just to bring it back to movement again, quickly, like I hear a lot of people misuse. I see a lot of people misuse movement as their therapy or as their coping mechanism, right? For dealing with anything in life and any stage of recovery, any type of recovery, really. And I find that that's when movement can kind of walk that scary line where it can go too far, maybe in the wrong direction. But it's so clear and so refreshing and beautiful to hear you talk about all these pieces of your recovery and how you have other tools in your toolbox to make you feel good and so 
so many different ways. So I cannot thank you enough for sharing them with us today and sharing this piece of your story that is it's beautiful and unique and special and inspiring to say the least. So my question is, what's next for Brittany? What's the next race? What's the next, you know, part of your life that what what are we taking on? And also I have to know, have you ever run the Disney princess half marathon? No, I haven't. I'll Put have it to- on your bucket list. Cause it's really fun. <laughs> Disney princess half marathon. That sounds amazing. It's so fun. I- um, right now I'm kind of just like having fun in life and we'll see, um, we'll see what, like what, what the future brings. I will say, um, I did the Portland half marathon in October and after I finished that, that was my third one. And I kind of was like, now I have this weird itch of like, maybe I want to run a full, like, I'm like, is that something that maybe I want to take on that challenge? I will say, I do think um, I will be the type of marathoner if I ever do end up deciding to do that, that it will be a one and done. Like, it'll be like, that was lovely. So happy I experienced that. It's off the bucket list. Like, I, I went skydiving for my 18th birthday. I've never been again. Like, I've, I'm, that's kind of how my personality works is, like, I'm, I am very, very intrigued by something. But then once I've experienced it, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, I already know what that's like. You know, like, I can move on to the next thing that I'm intrigued about. And so I feel like that's kind of how it would be with, uh, with a marathon. Um, but I've, I've been given the recommendation that with, if you are going to run like a full marathon, you should pick like the marathon that you are really, really interested in running rather than being like, I'd like to run a marathon in April. Like, no, like you pick the one that you think is so cool. And that's going to just, um, just like inspire you. And you're going to be so stoked about, um, rather than being like, this is the month I would like to run a marathon. What marathons are going on during this month, you know? Um, So I think movement-wise, that's something that is kind of in the back of my head of, am I interested in doing that? I think so. But, oh, my goodness, you have to really, like, prep for that. Um, But I think just continuing to be open and honest about my journey on TikTok, I think from day one, even when I started my Wadena Days, I, like, this is why I always get stoked to come on podcasts like this, because from day one, I've always said, like, I am not a professional. I got help from professionals and I'm just like sharing my journey and sharing my truth. And like you were saying, like sharing parts of my toolbox that I find helpful, but I like am not a medical medical professional and I never want to appear as one, you know, because that's that's not who I am. You know, I don't have that that um, education and that professional experience. So just like being honest and open about my journey, even like within the whole phrase of growing into your growing into a smaller body, I've learned that like some people don't love the phrase, like some people love the phrase living in your smaller, living in a smaller body more because there's, um, I think some different viewpoints with the word growing, which like, again, it's all, um, I feel like I'm just learning to take every single viewpoint into consideration as best as possible. So yeah, again, trying to share my journey without triggering anybody and like walking that fine line of still sharing my truth. And so it's just kind of like a, we're on a journey right now and <laughs> gonna get through it as best as I can. And I'm having fun. So that's a beautiful point you brought up too, of like, you're doing the best you can, right? 
when you share things, but no matter what we say, and when I say we, like all three of us are on TikTok, right? Or on social media and like what might be helpful to one person could be triggering to another, right? And everyone in your community is not everyone, but the majority are, let's say on a recovery journey. And as you know, like in the beginning of recovery, when you may have saw something, it could have triggered you versus now it might not even trigger you at all. So I can only imagine how difficult it is to speak to everyone, but just again, knowing that keeping your intentions pure, which it's so clear that they are, is all you can do, right? And um, we had someone on yesterday who was on, also on TikTok. And so how has that been for you on your journey on TikTok, you know, being in the limelight, having all these comments, of course, recovery is so personal and you are so open but also you shared that you're an introvert. Has that affected your mental health at all? Or have you seen that being on TikTok? Obviously, we've seen the positive things that it's brought on you on your recovery journey. But has there been any points along the way where you're like, ooh, maybe I need to like take a step back here or this is affecting me in a way that might not be helping my journey? Yeah, yeah. I definitely have had have had moments of that. Actually, in January, when I was kind of having my um, kind of having like, I felt like I was in a rut and just kind of struggling with my mental health a little bit. I took uh, a whole month off of social media and not even just like off of posting on social media. Like I deleted the apps from my phone and did a whole social media cleanse for four weeks because I just felt like it was, um, I just think I, I was trying, I was putting so much of my soul into it that I kind of recognized like, whoa, we need to take a step back. Like we need to kind of, also I was struggling so much that I was like, if I'm struggling so much in my real life, I don't know what I'm going to project, project onto the internet right now. So I need to just reel it on back and like take care of myself. And then once I feel like I'm at a good place, then, you know, I'll go back online. But um, just as you're mentioning every single person who has a TikTok account or an Instagram account or whatever it might be, you're going to get backlash and different points of view, no matter what you post about. And so, um, which, I mean, it's great in life to also hear other people's perspectives. I will say, I feel like it's made me, um, even in like my nine to five career, I feel like it's made me be able to take criticism a lot better and just different things like that and being able to like hear people out. And, um, so that has been great. Um, but I will say there's definitely moments, even when I decided to make the video that we were talking about earlier, I decided to make it because there was just comments on comments on comments that were like flooding in, um, that were almost a little triggering to myself. Like I felt like I hadn't been triggered like that in years and it was something where I was like, oh my goodness, okay, I need to kind of make this boundary without coming off defensive or coming off as like, why would you guys comment this? Like, of course, I know that they, it was coming from a good intention um, and like care and concern, but it was just something where I almost felt triggered and I had to take a step back and be like, okay, do you feel ready to talk about this? If you do, let's try and make this video. If you don't, like, of course you can take more time for yourself, but um, that's kind of what, what sparked that video is I was just seeing a lot of uh, a lot of comments that were super triggering. Like it, it was really hard for me to feel like I had never felt more at peace and more balanced with my life 
and people were like, you look sick. You know, you look like you're relapsing. You look like you're in denial. You look like, you know, all these different things that's so hard to hear, especially when like anybody who has been through an eating disorder, like, you know what it's like to be sick. You know, you know what it's like to, to be sent to the hospital for your eating disorder. You know, like, you know what it's like to have, have your hair fall out and to like not even have energy to get out of bed. Like that is, I I know what it's like to be sick, you know? And so it was just really, really hard to see those comments. And that's why I ultimately decided to make the video because I just, I couldn't really, I just didn't really want to see those comments anymore, you know? So. Thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, it, just thank you. And I think it's such a great reminder that there are human beings behind these lenses, right? Like meaning you as the creator, not the pe- the keyboard warriors. But I think people start taking for granted, you know, all of the content that you as a, a celebrity truly on TikTok shares for free with people. Like you're allowing people to be part of your life. And I think this is such a huge reminder for anyone. I don't think any of our listeners are the keyboard warriors out there, but maybe they know somebody and they can just gently remind them that like there are human beings that are sharing their life with us. And it's a gift to be able to be a part of it and like to be cognizant of that and to be kind cost nothing. Um, so I think that's a good reminder for everyone out there. And I mean, I, and I know Sam will agree with this. We could talk to you about this forever. You have just such a beautiful presence and the way that you share your journey is just so special. Um, but we do want to be cognizant of the rest of your day. Looking at the time right now, can you share if there was one piece of your journey thus far that, has either been the most inspiring or the most impactful or one piece of advice maybe that you'd want to share with somebody who is watching you and is like, you know, I I want, I want to be her when I grow up. What would that piece of advice be or a sentiment? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what this makes me think of is the moment that like I chose recovery. And I think like having that mindset of, um, choosing recovery because when I first like when I was struggling with my eating disorders my parents did try to get me help like um this was when I was like 16 17 at the time um and I just didn't I didn't want it you know I really I was really really just um sick in my in my disorder and just uh recovery was not something that I wanted yet you know but the the moment that like you choose recovery is so beautiful um I remember my I, I was just about to turn 19. I was technically 18. Um, but my parents took my brother and I to Europe for the first time. And we were gone for like almost two weeks, I believe. And the whole two weeks, I was extremely miserable. You know, I wasn't enjoying any of the incredible food that Europe has to offer. And, you know, like all the yummy pizza and the gelato. And I was just making myself so miserable. And um, on the last day of my trip, we were in Croatia. And um I was, we were swimming in the sea, me and my brother, and I was sitting on this rock and I like looked out and it was one of those moments where all you can see for miles and miles and miles is water. Like you cannot see any other piece of land. And it really hit me of in a weird way, how insignificant my life is to this planet. Because when you think we're, we're this one body of millions and billions of people and it really hit me of like why am I spending so much of this like precious life 
that there's billions of people on this planet and I have like all of these amazing opportunities instead of like embracing that I'm just stuck here in my mind. I'm stuck here in my mind, disliking my body, disliking myself, not disliking, you know, food and not allowing myself to just enjoy life's moments. And um, in a weird way, it really hit me of like, okay, wow, I want to choose recovery. And so I think if anybody out there was struggling to like find their reason why or to find their choice in recovery, um, it's just remembering like what we're here for, you know, and what and what do you want to experience out of life? Um, and of course, you know, there's disorders involved. So of course, you know, getting professional help um, it's not just going to change the next day. You know, I wasn't just healed the next day, but at least I had my purpose and my reason as to, as to why that I could fall back on, like when times got hard and when I did have hard times in recovery, I could look back on and be like, okay, wait, no, this is my purpose. Like, this is why I chose recovery. This is why I wanted to get better. So, yeah. That was such a beautiful story and such a beautiful, like you're such a great storyteller and just such a beautiful image. And, um, I hope that, and and I, I don't hope, I know that anybody listening to this that is struggling with their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, their relationship with movement, that your story is going to touch them and, and just let them know that they're not alone with what they're going through and that recovery is possible. Um, so thank you so much, Brittany, for being here. And if you could just please let our listeners know where is the best place that they can find you. Yeah. So TikTok, baby, uh, Brittany Lancaster, I spell, um, Brittany with an I at the end. So it's B R I T T A and I, and then Lancaster. Um, a lot of people just call me Brit though. So if you type in Brit, I'm, I might pop up too, but, um, TikTok is the best place to find me. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your Thursday morning with us. Yes. Yes. So close to the weekend. We got it, ladies. We got it. We got this. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.